0: Welcome to Heart Points, an RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband, Zach, and today I am very excited to bring you a very special part of our anti-hiatus series in which we are playing the wonderful World War One game Ross Rifles. We had a lot of fun recording this game and I am so excited for you to hear its thrilling conclusion. I, as you know, am your very faithful host Zach, um, and today I am not GMing, but instead i am playing the opossum of a man, uh, Barnaby Walsh, the scrounger of his set uh, of his squadron. Um, instead of GMing, my usual responsibilities are being taken up by our wonderful friend and editor Zach B. Zach, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, hey everyone, Zach B, usual editor. Uh, occasional GM.
1: I was a little nervous about this because I don't GM consistently enough where I'm sort of
0: comfortable with it but I hope it went okay. You did wonderfully. Oh thank you I appreciate that. And we are also joined again today by my friend and coworker Tori. Tori would you like to introduce yourself?
2: I'm Tori. Uh, I just want to echo I think Zach Begate did a really great job and playing this game was so much fun. I have only ever played role play games with Zach, other Zach, as the GM. So Zach B was my second ever game master, and I think he did a really great job. And uh, playing this was super fun. I got to play Francis Reed, the new replacement on the squadron. Um, He's only been in the troop for a few days, and he's kind of out here to prove himself, and that was fun to play for me.
0: Yeah, it was great. I love our little two-person squad. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Once again, this is Ross Rifles. It's a powered by the apocalypse game of World War I military drama coming from Dundas West Games and Daniel Kwan. And without further ado, I think we should get right back into it. So I hope that you enjoy. This is Ross Rifles.
1: think as you're picking yourself uh, picking yourself up off the floor you know brushing all the dust off of you you look up and you're in um, the first room of the farmhouse you can see the the front entrance door across from you um, and the front windows Um, you see the glass on the floor underneath one window then you look up along the wall and it's a huge shelf filled with like pickled foods and canned foods and fresh foods and it's like you're fighting the temptation to run over and just start eating because you you've it's been a while since you've like had food like this. It's mostly army rations, and you haven't even had that to go on recently.
0: Um, so it's this huge wall of food in front of you. Uh, is there are there stairs?
1: Yeah, uh, there's sort of stairs behind, uh, like behind on the other side of the room from
0: where this shelf is. Okay, because my first my goal is to secure the farmhouse
2: yeah that's what i was thinking too is is there can we tell if there's like a cellar or a basement too
1: yeah i think underneath the stairs that go up
0: are some stairs that go down okay so it's completely barricaded from the inside um yeah you can
1: see there's a table pushed up against the front door like a dining like a big farmhouse table like against the the
0: front door okay i don't know if walsh would like voice his suspicions at this point I pro- he probably should have voiced to them beforehand, but I think I think Walsh is starting to get a clear picture of what's going on or what happened, and is is pretty frustrated. So I think he t- turns to Reed uh, and he's like, "Upstairs or downstairs?
2: You mean to start, or do you want to split up?
0: Uh, to start.
2: Upstairs? Uh, downstairs? Upstairs. Let's go upstairs.
0: Let's do upstairs." Let's, uh, Reid, do you speak any French?
2: Un petit peu. Oui. Pourquoi?
0: Do me a favor let's try, uh, I think we should announce that we're here.
2: Why? What? You Uh, know, it was just a German out there, right?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, but I don't think he, I'm starting to think he legitimately didn't have anything to do with what happened here.
2: And you think someone French-speaking might? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. You're the boss.
0: Can I ask how Reed knows
1: French?
2: You may. (laughs) I think Reed knows French because I think his grandparents on his mother's side, I don't know if they are French or if they are like of French heritage. I don't know enough about Canada and Canada's relationship to
1: to France. French Canadian is like a a huge subgroup of Canadians.
2: Yeah, so I think that's his, his grandparents, um, and I think that he didn't grow up in necessarily a French-speaking neighborhood, but he visited his grandparents often enough um, that he can get by. I don't think he knows a lot of war vocabulary. He, he knows more like, I would, I would like some fish, please. Um, so he, he doesn't know how to say, like, grenade in, in French. Yeah, um, but,
1: but conversational French.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. Okay, so I think he he takes one more look at Walsh as if to say, you you better be sure about this. So we're about to announce our presence to the whole house.
0: I think Walsh like like raises his hand and says, Don't worry, if they answer in German, we'll drop three grenades and run the fuck out the door.
2: (laughs) All right. All right. Sounds like a plan. Okay, so then I think in French. I think he says, um I think he says hello. Is anyone here? Where are we're, you, we're, we're the, we're the Canadians?
1: You're still on the first floor?
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: I think there's a door that would you guys presume would lead to basement stairs, sort of underneath the stairs that go up. Um, and I think the door creaks open, and uh, you see a revolver sort of emerge out of the darkness from the basement, and an old man um, sort of walks up the stairs, um, and his hand is shaking, and he's pointing sort of the revolver back and forth between you two. Um, and I think he just, he looks at you, uh, Francis, and just uh, says leave in French. Zach B does not know any French. So this is, <laughs> is going to be all in English, but pretend no, That's, sorry, that's <laughs> fine.
2: Um, So I have my pistol in my hand too, but I think I'm trying to hold my hands up in a non-threatening way. And I think I, uh, I don't move when he says leave, but I think I, I say, um, we mean you no harm. We are with, the Canadian troops, were here because uh, some of our friends are missing.
1: He says, uh, I know why you're here. You're here here to steal uh, more of my food. Now leave uh, before things get ugly.
2: How old would you say this guy is?
1: 70-ish. Maybe late 60s.
2: I think I, I, without turning my head, I think I explain what's happening to Walsh. And I say, uh, he thinks we're here to steal his food.
0: Walsh nods. And I'm trying to decide well, so what do you do with civilians who killed soldiers in some like uh, in self-defense, sort of, they didn't I'm sure I'm sure Koklinski and Clifton didn't threaten him, but he he didn't necessarily know, right? If he just kinda if two soldiers came in and started raiding his shit and he shot him, like I don't really I don't blame I don't know how Barnaby would feel about that. And I also don't know what the military's rule would be. Like, do we have to arrest him? Are we supposed to kill him? He's a civilian. I I, Zach does not know. I think in Barnaby's head is like
1: like imagining him taking this elderly farmer back to Sergeant Chambers Mm -hmm. and like I don't think Sergeant Chambers would advocate like taking things into your own hands, but this also seems like at this point in the war, like it seems like a problem that can be avoided. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like like going out of your way to create more problems for yourself after having fought like two, three years in this war already. Um, does not seem I don't know that you're interested in it. And I don't know that Sergeant Chambers is
0: interested in it, but
1: also at the same time, your two friends are dead. Yeah. So that I don't, I don't know that I have a good answer.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I think Barnaby says, um, shit. I don't know.
2: I think, I think Francis...
0: Yeah, how's Francis says,
2: I think Francis says, um, sir, and I think he tries to say it with like, respect, mm. like, sir, we don't want to have to steal your food, but you should give it to us. We don't need all of it, but we got a lot of guys on the front line, haven't eaten for days and could really use it and if you aren't willing to give it to us we are we will have to requisition it but he doesn't know how to say requisition in French French so he (laughs) says I think he says take
0: (laughs) I think Barnaby is like as you're saying all this in French Barnaby's like pacing and he's like he's just going god fucking damn it fucking for some pickled eggs Jesus Christ Barnaby as you're pacing I think you catch a
1: glimpse out the window, and when you stop pacing, you can hear something. You hear muffled German. Ah, fuck. Um, and as you look out the window, you see um, a squad of German soldiers. Sort of. I think this farm is in like a valley, so you, like you came down one slope, and I think it goes up on the other side to another slope to mm-hmm. like a wooded area. I think out of the woods on that side, you see a squad of German soldiers, and they're making their way down to the farm and you hear like the muffled German as they're like chattering to each other and they're, they're coming down to the farm.
0: Oh shit, all right. I think Barnaby turns to Francis and is like, tell that old coot there's Germans out there and he needs to get the hell out of th- the way.
2: I, I do that, including calling him an old coot. <laughs> and I think I say, um, if you come with us now, we can try to protect you.
1: The old man runs to the window and sort of peeks outside Um, and he turns back to Francis and he says, um, I'm not leaving my farm. I'm too old. I have to stay. Um,
2: you will will die. They will kill you.
1: This war has already taken a lot from me. I I have nothing left to give. Um, I'm staying with my farm. This is all I have left.
2: That is your decision. And I respect that. Can we have your food if you're going to die? Um, like, like surely you understand that, sir.
1: I think he just sort of sits down at a chair that's like, near the table that he's pushed up against the, the door. Um, and I think, uh, Barnaby, you're looking out the window and you're realizing that, like, the window is rapidly closing where you would be able to leave without being noticed.
0: How many German soldiers did you say there were?
1: I don't... It's hard to... I think from your angle, I think you can see, like, five or six, but it's hard to know if that's it. Um, you can hear lots of German voices sort of chattering to each other. And I think you realize that the time to make a decision is, like coming to a head here, like, you can either leave and, like, maybe get some food with you and maybe make it out without being seen and just leave this old man to whatever's going to happen or you can stay.
2: What I heard there was that we could, we have enough of a window to get some food and you go, can, like, it's not, it's not leave or get food.
0: You can try. Uh, yeah, I think I'm...
2: I think I asked the old man, is there anywhere safe we can hide?
1: I think he he repeats the word hide and sort of, like does like a half-hearted laugh to himself like a scoff and then uh he says to you um you could hide in the basement but if they find you in
0: there yeah it's not going to be good for yeah. you for you or for me i think barnaby turns to francis and just goes fuck this i'm defending this old man from these germans let's load up as much food as we can get and just and just bail all
2: right and then i guess i start grabbing food
0: okay um yeah. so you
1: guys are like loading food as much as you can yeah into my pack yeah i think you're, you're loading food into your pack and i think uh you're being pretty sort of careless i think you just have to be like you're grabbing whatever you can so i think some stuff's like falling on the ground and um are packing whatever you can um yeah you fill your sort of knapsacks and uh any satchel bags that you have with as much food as you can get um to so the you get as much as you can in the short
0: time that you have so um Now is the time to go if you're trying to go. That's kind of my, so that, I think that's Barnaby's inclination because he's, he, they're in no man's land, right? So he doesn't, his mission was not to engage with Germans. He has no desire to defend this old man who shot Kuklensky. I think he just wants to do whatever he can to fulfill his mission and, and just bail safely is I think where my virtue is zero so i'm i'm totally cool to try to uh, to do this and try to get out
2: yeah i think i think for reed the mish he knows the mission has to come first um and the best way to accomplish that is for both of them to get out alive with the food that they have between them not for one of them to get shot while the other one escapes like that's not the best outcome so i think he even though he doesn't want to leave this old man um, who speaks French and reminds him of his grandparents. Oh. Um, I think at the same time, he also, he has, he has a job to do. And I think he's trying to give him the dignity of his choice. I think all that he does is probably as they're getting ready to leave, I think he offers him, he, I think he says like, this is your last chance to come with us or not.
1: He just shakes his head.
2: I think then Reed probably leaves oh, No, before he goes, I think he says, uh, I'm Francis Reed, by the way.
1: I think he looks up at you and says, "Jean."
2: And then I say, "Good luck." Bon chance.
1: Merci. Uh, and you guys go back out the door. You let, you came in, I'm presuming. Yeah, back out the back. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna have
0: one of you roll blend in. Yeah, uh, that is a that is a plus wit to avoid detection, which I have plus two to my wit and. Do we want to spend a morale point this, to, like, sneak out of the back safely?
2: This seems like a pretty good time to use it. Like, we we have the food. We don't want to get caught. If not now, when? Yeah. Oh, cool. So if you, if you roll it, I can spend the morale to give okay. you a plus two.
0: Cool. That's going to give me a plus four. Please, God, don't let me fail this roll. That is a seven plus four, eleven.
1: Cool. So on a 10-plus, you avoid detection. The enemy is unaware of your presence. Um, so you, you have no more uh, morale points, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, so you get out the back door, um, and I think you sneak around. You hear the German chatter getting a little louder. And so how are you guys getting... What are you guys doing once you're
0: sort of outside again? Uh, I, I'm just trying to get back... Uh, I'm, I, my think, thought process is that we make like take a wide berth come around uh to get back to the tree line and so that we can just make it back home
2: and I think we try to use the stone wall as much as possible as a cover oh yeah Um, especially if they're on the other side still Mm -hmm. so if we can go the opposite way and crouch um, below the wall then I think that would work
1: okay uh yeah so uh, I think you guys sort of make your way outside around the outside of the stone wall sort of ducking down to hide feeling a little more encumbered by all this food that you have with you Um, and as you're making your way back towards like the area where the front gate is, I think you hear, uh, you hear a gunshot come from the direction of the house. And if you guys like, if you peek up like over the wall, I think you see one of the German soldiers fall. Um, and I think the rest of the German soldiers sort of get their guns up and start shouting to each other. Um, and they're sort of, they're now like rushing to get cover themselves behind the stone wall and also like rushing towards, uh, the farmhouse. Um, which you're now sort of like on the other side of.
2: Any chance any of them go to check out the barn? <laughs>
1: um, I think at that moment a cow wanders out of the <laughs> barn um, with a uh, a person sort of strapped to the top of it, face down, also <laughs> shouting in German.
2: Hopefully that gives the that gives Jean a moment of cover or distraction or something.
1: Yeah, it does, but. Um, from your conversational German, Walsh, I think you hear some phrases about a uh, soldier, like two soldiers, um, Canadian.
2: That dick. <laughs> we did tie him to a cow.
0: <laughs> oh, wait, no, it's John. You said- the, the guy in the cow.
2: The guy in oh, the guy cow and the is cow. saying, man, these I two see. Canadian dicks tied me to this cow.
0: Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm running. I wanna run. I want to run. Yeah, I'll probably run through then. The, break it for the tree line. Hmm. I'm gonna have one of you roll take cover, then. because
1: um, I think the Germans, as you're running to the tree line, can now see you, um, and uh, I think they're starting to take some shots. So you hear you hear sort of gunfire from behind you and shouts in German, um, and I, I think like bullets start to like whiz past you. Um, so I'm gonna have someone roll take cover. Um, if someone else wants to
0: aid in that, uh, you can also do that.
2: I don't have wit.
0: I have a lot of wit.
2: So maybe I should aid you taking cover. Okay. Okay. So I to aid I roll with Valor.
1: And how are you how is Francis sort of helping
0: this sort of take cover situation? To me it's in in my mind it's that we're both kind of working together, trying like serpentining,
2: yeah, heads down. Dragging.
0: Um, just trying to, like, make it out.
2: I also think Walsh might be running faster than Reed, so Reed might be behind him. Mm. Like, not directly, but, um, which wouldn't help both of them take cover, but he'd, he'd get hit first.
0: Yeah. And, and, like, since Reed generally is faster than Walsh, he's kind of, like, it feels like Reed is intentionally taking up the rear. mm Like which feels valiant to me. Cool. Uh, So uh,
1: Tori, why don't you roll aid?
2: Okay. That is a six plus one, seven.
1: Okay, so you get the plus one, Zach, but um, Francis
0: will have uh, will receive unwanted attention. Damn it. Uh, That's a seven. Ooh. So it's a good thing you helped.
1: (laughs) So on a seven to nine, you choose one, Zach. Uh, you manage to get yourself to safety, but you're caught underneath some debris. A shell goes off near your location and you become disoriented, mark stress, or you've lost a personal item.
0: Um, so since since we're not being shelled, I'm assuming this is just like the bullets fly?
1: Yeah, we, that can be abstract.
0: All right, I think I'm going to take stress. Okay.
1: Maybe the, the bullets are sort of whizzing past your head and you can hear them whistling and you know they're close.
0: Yeah, this is a very um, stressful. This has yeah. been a stressful day. Yeah, and you
1: it also says you've become disoriented, so um, you're also going to take a stress. Is that your first stress? Okay. So yes. Francis receives unwanted attention, and now Barnaby is disoriented.
2: We should have saved our morale point. <laughs> that damn door.
1: <laughs> I think you hear another re- revolver shot go off, and you, you see another uh, German sort of in the courtyard, uh, like between the barn and the farmhouse sort of fall down um behind you but I I think for Barnaby like the bullets start whistling and I don't know like I I think maybe it it might trigger like like you're used to like being shelled in the trenches and like you know just being in danger constantly and I think there's a disorienting even though this has happened a lot every time it happens there's like a disorienting element of like briefly forgetting yourself and forgetting where you are and what you're supposed to be doing and it's just like the survival instinct. but it's like your your senses sort of go in and out and it's it's confusing mm-hmm. and I, I think i think the francis drawing on one's attention. maybe i think uh i'll just throw this out there but i think maybe francis sees barnaby maybe um like fall and take cover and sort of there's this moment of briefly sort of disorientation um and maybe francis sort of like is following behind and maybe stops to try and like pick Barnaby up. Um, and I think, I think you're, you're going to be taking more fire in this sort of moment of trying to help him. Um, but you do have a moment, like if you want to fire back, or if you just want to like try and make it to safety that you do have like a, a moment to sort of figure out what to do. But I think Francis, the attention is on you in this, in this moment.
2: And so in this moment, Barnaby is, has fallen slightly because of the disorientation.
1: I think, or like pause, maybe, like, okay. yeah.
2: I think, I think then I, yeah, I think to give him cover, because I, I don't want to just leave him out here, then I do think I spin around and I start trying to shoot with my pistol.
1: Cool. So why don't you roll, pull the trigger?
2: Ooh, damn it. My, I okay. Uh, so I roll these. I have no, my my eyes are bad, as we've established. <laughs> That is a five.
1: I think you, okay, I think you, you have your pistol and I think you turn to fire and as you turn, um, I think you take um, like in the, in the thigh, you feel like a sharp pain um, and a bullet sort of goes through your thigh and you sort of you sort of fall down um, and you're gonna take, I think it's moderately wounded.
2: The next health yeah. thing? Okay.
1: Yep. Okay, so you're sort of caught between the farmhouse and like the wooded area that you're trying to get back to. You're sort of on the slope the Germans are firing at you. I think you hear another, um, if you look back at the farmhouse, I think the Germans are trying to get into the house, like break down that front door, and you hear another revolver shot from the window and another German falls.
2: Man, Jean is, is a true ally, love him. Yeah,
0: Jean, <laughs> Jean is uh, definitely uh, helping us out right now. So how, how far, are we a grenade's lob away? Totally. Okay.
2: <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah,
0: I think the last thing I wanna like I think as Barnaby's kinda getting up, um, I think he wants to just lob a grenade as far as he can, um, just to try to distract them so that they can just get to the get to the tree line. Totally. Uh so roll pull the pen. That is plus brawn. Please do me well. Yeah, that's gonna do it. That's a nine
1: okay, uh so on a seven to nine you choose one uh you're harmed in the process there's collateral damage you find yourself in a dangerous situation um there's collateral damage <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> Ominous know. laugh yeah
0: well i'm gonna yeah okay so you all right so what 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 do you do with the grenade i'm I'm a little disoriented i i think I was like because we were on the slope, right so I think my fall was like me like you know when, you're like running up a hill and you kind of trip and you kind of are running on all fours for a second. I think that's kind of like what Barnaby was doing. Um, And I think he's turned around and he's like scrambling still up the hill and he pulls out a grenade, pulls the pin and just throws it as hard as he can just in the direction of the farmhouse, just trying to get it in like in
1: the, on the other side of the wall you see uh so there's germans sort of trying to break down the farmhouse door i think there's also a couple germans running through like um that the yard in between the barn and the farmhouse they're running in your direction um sort of near that stone wall um and i think you see another german trying to untie this other german from the cow um but the the Germans sort of running to the wall i think um the grenade sort of you see it sort of spin end over end um towards them and right before it gets to them, like in the air in front of them, it explodes. Um, And when the sort of smoke, sort of when the wind carries the smoke off, they're like, they're out, they're on the ground, um, bloodied. So Francis just took a bullet to the thigh. I think um, you throw the grenade um, and you hear another uh, pop from a rifle and a whiz go sort of past you. Um, And I think you see Francis on the ground um, has a wound in the chest now oh and shit you're gonna be francis is gonna be critically wounded
2: ah shit i'm the collateral damage <laughs> all right i'm i'm down
0: uh, so that, that is not what i was expecting
2: <laughs> hence the hence the maniacal laugh
1: yeah um and i i think francis you you feel like you've been i mean you feel like you've been shot but like yeah. <laughs> like it, it's hard Twice. to breathe yeah it's hard to breathe like you're you're um, you try to. I think you try to stand up and put weight on your leg. and I think you collapse again. Um, and Barnaby, I think you see uh, you see the new guy, uh, Francis, um, sort of struggling under the the weight of these two wounds.
2: We sorry. We said one in the thigh, and where was the other one? The chest. Cool. Love that.
0: Uh, so Barnaby's definitely got to run over to Francis, help Francis up, and is like helping Francis get to the top of the hill, and he's kind of like patting. Patting Francis on the chest, not on the wound, but kind of like, or, or patting him on like the back, patting him on the shoulder, and just being like, "Hey, hey, what I tell you? What I tell you? You took, you took a bullet. You're not a kid anymore. You're not the kid. You got this." Uh, and he's just helping Francis get to the top of the hill.
2: Yeah, I wish. I think Francis wishes he had something witty to say about how like he's a grown man now. Like he, he's been baptized through these two two bullets. But I think he's in too much pain. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he's just trying to like. Put one foot in front of the other.
1: So Zach, why don't you roll fall back when you retreat to a safe area? So you're you're trying to like you're trying to make this last push, right, to get up to the woods.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So why don't you roll fall back?
0: Okay. With wit. Yep. Fucking hell. Oh, uh, that's a six.
2: Man, remember when we were rolling really well at the beginning of the game?
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've like rolled like three times to get out of this. S- get away from this farmhouse.
1: Um, Okay, on a six or less, something goes wrong.
0: I I thought the grenade was to get so that they would get this, so that we could make a clean getaway.
1: Yeah, but there was collateral damage. I mean, you took a bunch of Germans out.
0: Yeah, Uh, and I already used my personal item.
2: Is Um, my personal item? I can't use that for you, right?
0: uh, Sure. Go go for it.
2: I don't know how it would be useful. So my personal item is this um photograph I have of me and five other friends
1: (laughs) let me try let me try and set this up I think I think what's going wrong is that um Barnaby is trying to like basically carry Francis up the slope and I think Francis is like like as much as like you're trying to help Barnaby I think Francis needs to like also be able to somewhat help like help you help them get up the slope and I think like keeps collapsing, like leg, can't put weight on it, having trouble breathing. Um, and I think at some point, um, Francis just totally collapses out of Barnaby's arms and is laying on the slope. And I think in that moment sort of um, like pulls the picture out of the pocket and is looking at it.
0: Or well, so I- I'm wondering, cause we had talked about uh, our bond might be that you think that I was res- like, I've seen the picture and I respect it, right? So the
2: bond is that, yeah, well, the bond is that you, you've you seen the picture, and I think you might know why it's important to me, but we haven't talked about it, so you might yeah. not know.
0: Um, so I'm wondering if, like, as I have my arm around you, as I'm, like, trying to pull you, and I feel you, like, your weight starting to deaden, and, like, I can't pull you, I think I'm like, hey, hey, those uh those those boys in your photo, right, your friends back home, I you want to get back to them, right, you want to see them again, right? So we gotta keep moving. We gotta keep going. That photo. I know that's important to you. I know the those gents are important to you. So we gotta get back so that you can see him. Come on, come on, Francis.
2: Yeah, I think that I think that helps a lot actually. Just in terms of I don't know because I so Francis has known that his chances of dying were pretty good. So I think before that invocation, he was probably like in too much pain. It's not worth it at least Walsh could get out of here if he dropped me type thing. But I think that invocation has reminded him of um, his, so one of the friends in the photo um, wanted to sign up book for um for medical reasons. So I think that that has fortified him in a way um, of like, sure, his time is coming, but this is not the time.
0: I think Barnaby goes so far and is so bold as to say, uh, which one is it? Which 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 one is the one you want to go see the most, huh? Which one? Who who's the one that you want to see the most, huh? What's his name?
2: Uh, and I think with like blood coming out of his mouth, um, I think Francis uh, just says Jonathan.
0: You're going, yeah, Listen, we're gonna go see Jonathan. We're we're going. We're going back. Come on. Um, Barnaby, as
1: you're as you're talking to Francis, I think you're. I imagine you over Francis, and you can sort of see the Germans like around this farm, and Barnaby is sort of laying, looking up. Um, And I think you see um, the Germans have like thrown grenades into the farmhouse and you hear the explosions go off and now they're sort of running towards your direction to the stone wall and they're like getting ready to take up positions like on the stone wall. And so you see, you see, that's what you see, like, as you're talking to Francis.
2: And I think I say, yeah, yeah, you're right. I got to go see Jonathan. So I think he tries to, again, to carry his own weight, um, hopefully better than before and tries to limp faster to the tree line.
1: Uh, Yeah, you you pull yourself up and um, Barnaby and Francis um, start making uh, their way to the tree line. And Barnaby, you look back behind you at the farmhouse um, to see if you're gonna make it in time. And you see the Germans sort of taking aim along this wall. Um, And then Francis in front of you from the trees, you see that grizzled soldier that was giving you so much shit before in the trench he comes out and puts another arm around you and you and Barnaby are like carrying each, (laughs) Barnaby and this guy are carrying Francis back into the woods. And from further along in the woods, you see Sergeant Chambers and the rest of that squad that you got the grenade from that you were giving smokes out to. Mm -hmm. They come out of the woods and they start um, opening fire on this farm. And Barnaby, as you look behind you, you see the the Germans either uh, get shot and drop or they're sort of running, they're hightailing it. Sort of back away uh, towards where they came from. Oh shit! And I think I think we'll end there. I can be. <laughs> if you we...
0: want a little epilogue scene, I want to keep going a little bit. That's fine. I um, uh, mm, I don't know. I'm tempted, So oh shit! Should we end there? I kind of want to do an epilogue. Can we do an epilogue? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> now I don't know what I want to do for the epilogue. I'm just not necessarily completely ready to get to leave these characters. <laughs> Um, for sure, I want to, at least in, like, my epilogue, we have a scene where I think Barnaby is sitting on the back of a truck, uh, on, like, the, in the bed of a truck with, um, uh, Mac- uh, Chris uh, Christopher McGariff, and, um, they share the can of pickled eggs that he found in, um, Sean's pocket. They share the can of pickled eggs, and, uh, he gives... McGarth is things. Maybe Gibson Sean's things. I think that's. I think that's like my epilogue is is eating the can of pickled eggs with uh with McGarth.
2: I think maybe my epilogue is. So I think Francis is convalescing in a field hospital. Not. I don't know. We we said he was critically wounded, but he also carried it. Like he walked himself off the field. So like, I think he's not. He he wasn't injured bad enough to be sent so far from the front lines. And I think in the epilogue, he's like in a hospital bed with you know nurses and medics bustling around, um, and the same grizzled old vet who had come out of the tree line to help support him, I think has has come in through the front through the front flap of the tent, um, and I think he just settles into the chair next to Francis's bed and offers him a cigarette.
1: Yeah, that's Ross Rifles.
2: This awesome. was so good. We did almost all of them. We did many of the moves.
1: We did a lot of them, yeah. I, I wanted to try to get a good mix in there, too.
0: Yeah, it was, it was very good.
2: It was really good. I liked it a lot.
0: Awesome. So thank you again very much, uh, Zach B, for uh, joining us and GMing. And thank you again, Tori, for joining us and playing with us. Uh, do, do the two of you want to... Uh, can you can the two of you just kind of reintroduce yourselves if there's anything you want to plug or anything please feel free uh zach b so i'm zach b i'm typically the editor for the show and
1: i guess i will also be the editor for this episode you can find me at zach byro on twitter um and the only thing i have to plug is this podcast so listen to more of this
0: podcast and tori
2: yeah i'm victoria or tori um i have a twitter but i don't use it so (laughs) i don't think it would be useful to plug um, yeah, I think the only thing I would say is I've really enjoyed listening to this podcast before, um, as well as some of Zach's other podcasts. Um, I think they're really, really fun. And, uh, in the absence of a social media handle to plug, I'm going to plug a TV show that I've been telling Zach to watch for years. Is and it Black Zach, sales? Zach B, you can edit this out, but it's Black sales because... <laughs> Zach and I have played at least three pirate roleplay games before, and he has yet to watch Black Sails, which is such a formative reference for me. Um, and so, listen, if Zach's not going to watch it, I want more people to watch it. <laughs> it's on Hulu, last I checked. It's really good. You've got to push through season one, but the rest of it is all about myth-making and tough decisions and the nature of storytelling, which really lends itself to... Um, the kinds of things that I know I'm interested in when it comes to role-playing. Zach, you can edit that out. I understand. <laughs> like, it's not a... It, no, like, no hashtag spawn. Like, I get it.
1: <laughs> and I don't want to disappoint you further, but many people have told me I need to watch that show, and I still also have yet to it's watch it. It's
2: so good. It is... Again, you really got to push through season one because season one thinks that it's um, a gory, like, bloody pirate show. Like Like, everyone's here for the blood, but as soon as they realize that what they're really about is who gets to tell the story when, who is seen as the victor and the protagonist and who is seen as the antagonist. Um, and the way that in some ways that it intersects with queer identity. It's just, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good.
0: Well, we're going, hopefully we're going to be able to play another. Uh, we're going to have Tori on for another hard points game in which we are going to be playing sailors. I know. So you will have your opportunity to uh, plug black sails once again. Hi all, your friend and dad Zach here just checking in to thank you for joining us on another special anti-hiatus episode of Heart Points. I want to thank Zach B and Tori for taking us on this adventure. It was a great trip and I hope that you enjoyed this game as much as I did. Once again, this was the in-development game of World War I drama Ross Rifles. Ross Rifles is being designed by Daniel Kwan, and you can find out more about it at dundaswestgames.com. This episode was sponsored by patrons Michael Dunn O'Connor, Priest Pulse, and Ishan Mitra. Thank you all for your support. If you would like to support Heartpoints, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash heartpointspod. We've been able to do weekly anti-hiatus episodes because of the support of everyone who listens, shares our work, and donates. Thank you. Also, don't forget that you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at HeartPointsPod. Please reach out to us and let us know what you think of our new special anti-hiatus episodes. Don't forget that we will be back next Monday with a brand new one. And thank you again for joining us this week. We hope that as you return to the real world that you have a very nice day. But like, a very, very nice one.